I'm such a believer and that that attention uh, causes the players to practice and push even more than if it weren't there. I think people uh, do better when they know a lot of eyeballs are on them. What was your reaction when the Eagles traded for Gardner Minshew? They made and we talked about it, so it was a great addition to the room. But you don't, another, you don't feel threatened player, by it. It's another player I can lean on um, with Joe and learn from. I know Gardner has some experience playing, as Joe does, and it's all helpful for me. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. At what point should we be worried about Richie Incognito's health? I don't think he plays Monday. You don't? Oh, so now? I don't think he plays Monday. I don't, so, yeah, I, I'd be worried. What's the last time we saw him was against the Rams in the joint practice. That's he, been a while. He got hurt in the joint practice with the Rams. That was week two of yeah. the preseason. He has not, at least in practice, available to the media. No, he's not been. He has not done anything at all. Which you'd think that's the stretching part. So if he was practicing, he's going to be in there doing that. Uh, John Gruden talks today. Is that correct? I believe so. So. Or tomorrow. Okay. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. One of the next two days. Yes, he will talk one of the next two days. John Gruden will presumably be asked about Richie Incognito. And hey, is that guy going to play? Because again, Richie Incognito has not practiced for, what is that, two weeks? Are we going on almost two full weeks now? Yeah. Without Richie Incognito having, or actually three weeks, three weeks. Without Richie Incognito having appeared, I don't think he plays at a practice. Um, that's a pretty big deal if he's not playing, right? Absolutely. Like, what? Are yeah, we against about? that defense. Is that uh, John Simpson? John Simpson in? against that defense. Well, but John Simpson wasn't the great twenty twenty draft, I believe. So, so we expect big things from him. Man, if you don't think he plays, so if he doesn't play, you're talking about. So Colton Miller would be your starting left tackle. Left tackle. But then you would go John, John Simpson, Simpson, Andre Andrew. James. Denzel Good and, and Alex rookie Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood yeah. as your offensive line against maybe the best defense in football. Maybe they're they're up there. They're one or two. That is man fun. That's 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 you that's are scary. You're counting on a rookie to be great at right tackle. You're counting on Denzel Good has been a good NFL player in his career. I think you're more worried Denzel about James, James and Simpson. And then you've got Andre James and, and John Simpson. That's, you know, Colton right, Miller should be fine. Yeah, right in the middle of the line. Yes. That is, yeah. I mean, you're going into that game without a single player at their position who's like top 10. Right. Right. And then a lot of guys who are backups that are getting a shot. To be a star. I mean, that they is. Need, and here's the thing about incognito. I mean, if he, and obviously he's a much better option than any of what we're talking about, but is there any way you could say he's hundred percent if he plays, he hasn't been around for three weeks or hasn't been seen for since for three weeks. So it's Wednesday and they play on Monday. If maybe the extra day, if he's out there, if he's like out there today. And again, obviously if guys, he's out there today, he's going to play, right? You guys only see stretching, but only like, see stretching. If he's out there today, he's, I think he's playing, he's playing. He's playing. But your question on, is he 100%? Right. No idea. If he's out there today, maybe. If it's not until, like, Friday, Friday? Saturday that he actually We get to see Friday, Saturday. Sunday, we don't. Yeah. I. He's probably not 100%, even if he does play. Man, 
that is this is and this is what we talked about a couple weeks ago with the offensive line and the Raiders blowing it up. The real problem is is not likely to be the guys that are starting. It's likely to be when they have to plug in right. back the John Simpsons of, of the injuries. world. Yes. And now all of a sudden you're talking about John Simpson playing. Because last year, like when Trent Brown wasn't available, the other four spots on the offensive line were solid. You still had Rodney Hudson, right? You still had a good offensive line across the board. But now if you have to plug in John Simpson, we just went through it. Who is this offensive line? Like this is a this is gonna be one hell of a season for Tom Cable to prove, yep, I can put together a decent offensive line with any pieces you give me. The only guy I would think that you'd want to you you would feel safe plugging in would be Nick Martin for Andre James if Andre James went down, only because Nick Martin's played six years in yeah. the league. If we have to go to Jermaine Elemanure uh, as the backup to Denzel Good, uh, you know, Brandon Parker, you know, backs up, um, backs up Colton Miller. It gets dicey when you start getting to the right? second level there with some of these guys. What happened to Jared Jones Smith? Oh, he's gone. Uh, he had a is tryout. He one of the six, did he even get one no, of the 16? He had, a, he had a tryout with somebody else. Oof. So we got him off the street. Well, they knew where to get him. So Mike Mayock back in February was telling us that Jared Jones Smith could be their starting right tackle and they really liked him. And now he's not even on the team, not even on the practice squad anymore because he had a tryout with somebody else over the weekend or this week. So this offensive line is going to be, it could be brutal for the Raiders. Like this could be what sinks them this year. This could be what that we is- look back at and say, that was the big problem. Hold on. I'm mad at Mike Mayock because now I have a name that's going to be in my head for the rest of my life. Jared Jones Smith. Because he was a guy that they wanted off the street that they weren't even like serious about. And suddenly I now know Jared Jones Smith. Yeah, that's fair. Why not? Jared Jones Smith. There's a reason I wasn't going out to the Raiders today. Pops Ramirez, no media, Gruden and Carr tomorrow. Okay. So tomorrow we'll know. I, I I love that that Pop is so on the ball that he is just like, I got you, Ed. He knows the well. No, I, like I, you have to give. We give our editor the, a week in advance the days we want to go out and the days we don't want to, and I always forget. But I <laughs> I knew I wasn't going out today. There must have been a reason. I guess the reason was Gruden and Gar talking tomorrow. How about Josh forget. Jacobs? I think I think this Josh Jacobs is completely. Um, you're trying to keep him healthy. I think he's going to go Monday night, and I think he's going to be fine. I know he's missed a few days. I'll give you the story that you'll hold from last night from a fantasy draft because Josh Jacobs, obviously, you know, third round, fourth round pick. At one point, someone said, hey, how's Josh Jacobs? And I said, I don't really know, but, you know, you got Kenyon Drake and, you know, you got the Joker and everything else. Our colleague Adam Hill screamed at me, if this was any other league, you'd be fined $50. Because he wanted to draft Kenny Drake. I said, calm down. You're in 23 leagues. Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Oh, wait yeah. A minute. Oh, he got mad at me because I actually mentioned the name Kenyon Drake to the group. And someone might have said, oh, I got to get the Joker. Uh, so he got mad at me because, yeah, exactly. You're laughing. Two two picks later, he drafted the Joker. I said, be quiet. You got, you got okay. your guy. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Adam Hill thinks it's a fine because yes. you mentioned a player. You mentioned said, the, the handcuff. That you pretty much need to yes. have in order for to draft. He Josh said Jacobs. in another league that he's in, if you mention a player that has not yet been drafted, you're fined fifty bucks off the top right away, because you're giving a perception to someone who might not think of Kenyon Drake. It's like, oh, I need a running back, Kenyon Drake. I'll take Adam him. Hill play with morons. He's in 23 leagues. There has to be some morons. <laughs> you can't possibly be in that many leagues and not have a few morons. Well, but also. Why wouldn't you then start mentioning people that are injured? 
Like you're that, just like that's I, why like, he said that's why he goes you don't mention anything because it can go either way you're trying to screw with people or you're trying to get a guy that's in part of the strategy if somebody walks into the draft and doesn't know who Kenyon Drake is you're playing with morons <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you mention the guy's name during the draft I, I, that I, guy's finishing in last all I know is someone said. Will Jacobs, they asked me, will Jacobs play on Monday because they had read reports, you know, Vinny and others have reported he missed a few days. I said, I absolutely think he'll play. He'll be fine. It's precautionary. That's one dude you can't get hurt. I said, if not, you got the joker, Kenyon Drake, who would step in, at which time Adam said, Ed, Ed, if you were in my other league, you'd be $550. So, like, I don't pay attention to him. I'm like, pump the brakes. You're in 100 leagues. And then two two picks later, it's an automatic Yahoo game. Oh, what a shock. Adam just drafted Kenyon Drake. <laughs> I look around. I go, you okay now? You got your guy. Yeah, but you shouldn't be talking about him. Like, okay. <laughs> Come on. Pump the brakes. <laughs> oh, what yeah. the hell is that? <laughs> I know. I know. He Adam, was mad. He was mad at me. Adam thinks he's playing fantasy football with people who have never heard of Kenyon Drake. Or that they have forgotten, you know, the, the, again, like maybe they knew, obviously they knew of him, but their pick is coming up and they've got their eyes on someone else, but they say, oh, wait, Kenyon Drake's better than him. I'll take Kenyon Drake. I think it was more that like they, they've had their eye on their guy, but if they forgot about Kenyon Drake or they didn't see him on the list or whatever, that's like, hey, it, don't let him know that he hasn't. Sounds, I think it's more like, don't let him know he hasn't been drafted yet. Don't let them it know. It sounds like he's playing with Charles Barkley. It was just like, <laughs> who he play for? It sounds like he's playing with people who do not look at any list of players when they draft. That sounded more like what it was. Which is impossible. Because <laughs> Which means every, they're morons. <laughs> well, yeah, they're morons. But no, no, I'm saying like, even just like when you're drafting, the page in which you select a player. Sure. There's a list of yes. players available. Well, yeah, and, and Yahoo Kenyon's live drafts, will, they tell yeah. you, they, you know, my, my buddy I'm drafting with last night who's really good, you know, he's eating his wings and drinking his beer, so he forgot a few times, and Yahoo picked. He goes, that's a better pick than I would have made for myself. You know, because they do the automatic <laughs> pick if you forget. If your time runs, I was like, yeah, I like that pick. So, is, yeah. Is Adam mad that Yahoo's list says the name Kenyon Drake on it? Look, Adam's mad at a lot of things, <laughs> but he's in so many leagues, I don't know how he keeps track anyway. I like if this is going to ruin your fantasy experience, given how many leagues you're in, then there's something wrong. Yeah. But listen, at the end of the day, he got his guy. He got the Joker. I can't, by the way, I can't stand being in more than one league. I'm in three. I and can't, it's tough. I can't it's stand tough. being in more than one. I know it's tough. Like it's, it's because I want to sit down on Sunday and watch your guys and yell at my players. Yes. And if yeah. I'm in like multiple leagues, now I'm like, well, Alvin Kamara is yes. on my team in this league. Yeah. But if he scores 25 in this league, I lose. I so don't know how Adam does it. That. And he's in a bunch of Survivor Leagues. So I know he's in my Survivor League. But he's in 20-plus leagues. I don't know how you even do that. Like, three is just – I have a third draft tonight. It's like putting me over the edge. I, I, don't, I don't know. Three, I won't be able to handle it because all the lineups and everything. What a nightmare. You imagine that many leagues that he's in? Yeah. I, how do you even keep track of that stuff? Yeah. What a nightmare. <laughs> it's like trying to keep track of 24 fake horses. How do you well, do that? Or 30 chickens. So basically, you both have Excel spreadsheets of, except one of you, it's for fake chickens and the other is for 23 yeah. fantasy leagues. Yeah. Except I never have to cheer against my own horses. 
like you do if you have multiple fantasy football teams. You got to well, cheer against your own players. Do you have to cheer against your own players, or do you just cheer for everyone because you're like, I got him in this league, and I got him in this league. Oh, I got Tim in this league. So you're just happy, like no matter what. Here's my buddy who's listening to the show, who's not, who's in a hundred leagues. I have a player on every NFL team, said Joe, except Houston because they stink. <laughs> Joe Covington has a player on every NFL team except Houston because they sing. And how do you keep track of that? Like you said, who are you rooting for on Sunday? Nobody. Uh, Nobody. How do you do waiver claim? You're you're rooting for Andrew Siciliano. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The funny thing about Houston, there's like four running backs there or whatever. Every single one went undrafted in my league. And I guarantee that's going to be like one of the number one waiver claims in my league because – Somebody has to get carries. Like right, somebody's, exactly. yeah. somebody's going to have like yes. 75 rushing yards and a touchdown. And you're going to be like, ooh, Philip Where's Lindsay. that guy? Yeah, yeah, but you're going to pick him up. And then the next week you're right. going to be right. David Johnson. It's going to be right. the other guy. But it's I just funny that the best running backs available are like three Houston running backs. Yes. And it'll be that they're all that's, one of them's going to get picked up and then never score a touchdown why I again love the rest of the season. Having at least one auto draft moron in my league. Because, <laughs> moron? Like, no, because they'll just clear people out. Like, you're just like, all right, well, that guy's on long-term IR, but the rankings haven't updated yet. All right, good. He's on your team. Uh, all right. Coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. Guys, guys, did you know that I actually have a civil case against that that stole my husband? Don't sue a stripper. Why not? She's a stripper. Life sued her, and she lost. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Sam, where's Ash? We had one week, we had one week of all four of us together, and now Ash ditches us again? You know what? Now we just know how special that was. <laughs> um, and Ashley's got a huge uh, mediation today on a on a case that's uh, that's very important to us. So she's uh, handling that personally. So she's uh, not here, but sends her love. Sends her love. Does Ash just begin the mediation with my dad's twenty and zero in the Supreme Court level? Just let's settle this right now. Does, is that how no, all the- mediations begin with Ash? No, but what's annoying is all the mediators and judges know her, and uh, and I'm I'm like, what am I? Chop liver? Like, what is this? Not at so, all. You're on the press box. That's, that's right. right. Come on. That's right. A true measure of yes, my lawyering exactly. ability. Um, dealing with uh, with Jared. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> and Tyler, Ed, you're the nice one. Well, we did worry about you because in the background we heard hello. Hello, and then we had to get 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 because if Tyler and I are behind the board trying to get you connected, this we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. We'd be off the air. It wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't go very well. So, well, thank goodness for Jared. Yes, he's got some utility yeah. around here. So, I want to ask you about a soccer game between Brazil and Argentina. Oh, where God, so what a mess! Oh, it's so good. The game was played in Brazil. Argentina had four players on their team that play in the Premier League in England and. The country of England is on Brazil as a country's list that you have to quarantine for so long if you before you actually enter the country and move about in the country. These four players obviously did not. They just got over from England to Argentina and then went straight to Brazil to play in this game. So the way the Brazilian authorities handled it, though, is they waited for the game to start and then just showed up like six minutes in 
to detain these four players that did not quarantine. So I guess my first question isn't really like a, a, a legal type question. It's more of a, how many times is it just, yeah, the police are just going to show up when the event begins rather than at any point before the event when they know the players are there already? Well, let me ask you a question. Have you been to South America? I Anywhere's. have not. Okay. No. This is so classic, right? So you got you to gotta understand. I've, I've never been to Brazil, but I've been to Argentina several times. Great country um, that, uh, that a lot of its neighbors hate, okay? So there's a rivalry here <laughs> that is built into the culture that it's beyond soccer, okay? It's not just about football. It's about everything here that has to do with, with borders and disputes and problems and whatnot. So... Um, so my take on this is that this was a deliberate act to mess with the Argent Argentinian team. And, <laughs> and it was something that was concocted by these lower level bureaucratic officials and the cops that came and broke it up. It was absolutely clear that time that this match was set up, that these Argentinian players were going to be coming from a, a country that was on their, on their red list, England and or Great Britain. And so what the, the, there should have been a solution worked out beforehand, you know, being able to test out, you know, some kind of flexibility here. And, and again, if, if, and, and there, there have, there has been a lot more administrative flexibility in the past given a qualifying match uh, for the World Cup. So this this is a big deal, and it's just total nonsense. I pay to get in. It's This happens. What can I do? Um, I, I mean, the, the, I'm joking, of course, but, you know, sue Brazil. I mean, <laughs> there— Well, look, if Ash the will government... represent me, I'll sue him. Look, I mean, <laughs> I think that the— I think that the that that FIFA and the organizers of the match and the teams themselves are are the victims in this, right? So the people that took your money uh, for the ticket are basically co co plaintiffs against the, the the Brazilian authorities that that did this. And so I don't think there's a case suing governments is exceptionally difficult. Um, if there is a country where you can sue a foreign government, it's ours. Um, if any amount of money moves through the United States, we have a very sticky system of, of international venueing for cases. Um, but still, there are uh, there are very specific exclusions given under U.S. law for suing a foreign country, and it's tricky. And I found that out a couple times the hard way. That's for another time. But um, <laughs> but I but I Whoa. I will but I will just say I don't think you got a case. But but in righteousness. In, in, you know, in principle, Ed, you're in the right. Okay. What I don't understand in this is that it's, it wasn't a surprise that Great Britain was on the list for Brazil. Like, like no. that, was, that was known ahead of time. So I guess why wasn't there any sort of, like, agreement worked out between the Brazilian national team, the Brazilian authorities, and the Argentinian national team? Like, I guess I, I don't understand, like, Everybody knew that it, they were supposed to quarantine because they were coming from Great Britain. Why wasn't it worked out ahead of time to either allow them to play and not have to abide by the quarantine or Argentina just doesn't even bring them because Brazil's not going to allow them to play? Well, some of this, some of this is uh, Arge, Argent, Arge, Argentina's a really beautiful country. Uh, where rules are for fools, okay? So it's kind of a, you got to go there and everything's, you know, eh, eh, whatever. You know, it's, tell you don't do that, you're going to do it. Uh, so I think some of this is classic Argentina kind of way of, you know, they knew what the rules were too, right? Um, they knew what was up. 
but the Brazilians knew it too, and the Brazilians are the hosts. So I'm, I, I to me, I put a little bit higher kind of, I mean, moral responsibility on the Brazilians because they're the host country, and they went on, they, they what they suddenly figured it out seven <laughs> minutes into the game. Like, <laughs> give me a break. But of course, Tyler, you got a great point. The the I think that the Argentinian team were were trying to pull a fast one, and if anyone is surprised by that, they don't know Argentina. Okay, so can you imagine this happening in the United States, where it not even like COVID quarantine, just any reason whatsoever that we have an athlete who needs to be arrested, and the police just show up and stop a sporting event and take them away? Sure, California. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. No, don't bash just, my home state. Well, my home state too, Ed. I'm, Both of our home but states I mean, there, but, Sam. Wait, wait, wait. But we're we're here in Nevada for a reason. Well, that is true. That is true. We we left for a reason. You're darn right about that. Uh, yeah, we're. Uh, yeah. Is this a situation? Well, I want to see that at the end. Okay, Bishop Sycamore. We're waiting for the t- we're we're waiting for the T-shirts at my house. We know the story. Ohio, the state of Governor of Ohio is now investigating it. One thing that one one question I think is really really important that we have here for you. Because if I'm a parent, now, it's two ways. If I'm a parent, I kind of know it's a scam because I'm like, hey, Jim, where's your homework? Like, well, we don't have any. We don't have any classes. But is there any chance a parent could find it legitimate to sue the founder or the bishop or whoever founded this non-school? Bishop. <laughs> yes. Even though they allowed their kids to participate, could they have a case to say, hey, we allowed the kids, but we thought there was more school to this. We even heard they went to the library one day. Do the parents have any legal ramifications that they can come at that Bishop Sycamore non-school? Yeah, and I forget the guy's name, but there's a guy that founded him, and he's neither a bishop or a sycamore. <laughs> uh, and 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 no, and it's it's he misrepresented to the parents what this program would be. And there have been a number of parents who've spoken out and who've said, no, this is we were promised X, and we not only did we not get X, we didn't even get Y. We got nothing. And you remember we we talked last week about the guy who's had to use his own credit card then to fund the whole team staying at a hotel. I mean, crazy stories coming out. To me, this is classic fraud and misrepresentation. I think there are criminal charges likely that will be followed. You, um, there was a news story yesterday. I think Governor DeWine is uh, in, in uh, Ohio is instructing that the school be investigated. Um, so ex- I would expect absolutely criminal charges. I think the parents uh, could sue, absolutely could sue, and could prevail. The guy's not going to have any money, so they're not going to see any money. Final question you asked was the uh, issue of can the parents be sued? Do they have any complicity in any yes. of this? Yeah. Um, I don't think so because you got to understand too. You just because you know, Ed, you've got kids, I got kids, and all I do now, right now, yours are a little bit older. All I do at home when I get home is do their like work on their homework with them. Mm-hmm. It's murder, right? <laughs> um, but I think you and I are unusual, or not maybe even just the typical parents. I think a lot of parents who are just do sports, football, you know, they don't. That's that's what's most important to them. So I think a lot of parents bought onto this because it was sold to them as football first and, you know, we don't let school get in the way. This is a, this is a program designed to be really focused on making your kid better at, at this particular sport. So I, I don't see the parents being culpable in this. Uh, I really they, don't. They have a new head coach and he... Uh, <laughs> He's the Pope. Yeah, he talked to USA Today uh, yesterday and said that, well, we're not a high school. That's the big misconception. We never said we were a high school. We accidentally filled out some paperwork wrong. 
Um, is that him just trying to avoid being sued? That is him listening to his lawyer. Okay. And uh, he gets points for that. Um, <laughs> whether those points ultimately get the school out of the deep, deep doo-doo that they're in, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're screwed. <laughs> I, think they're, I think they're really in big trouble. And I did want to ask you uh, about... And I feel I feel bad for the parents. I feel bad for the kids. I know. This is a bad set. I did want to ask you also, uh, home plate umpire Manny Gonzalez in Major League Baseball, he got hit in the uh, face. He had a mask on, but he got hit in the face with a foul ball, and he is done for the season now. And I'm curious, like, what happens exactly, like, if an umpire sustains an injury during a game or any referee in any sport sustains an injury during a game? Like, how does that... What happens? I mean, do they just have, you know... Uh, liability insurance or disability insurance i mean and that takes care of them yeah this is this is great so i saw the video poor guy because it's like a 90 mile an hour ball right and it's a, it doesn't matter that it hit his mask it, it pushed his whole head back so he's potentially injured uh it could be big so so the the issue is now he's out he's not earning his money there's going to be some uh I there's I don't know what his contract is like. I don't know what MLB umpires. There's something in there, I am sure, that deals with this. The default for most of us, if we get injured on the job, is a workers' comp claim, right? We we get a temporary disability for the time that we're out of work, and then we get payments for permanent disability, the extent to which we're unable to perform our usual and customary work duties. Now, um, that is never enough. And I want your listeners to really please listen to me on this. If you've got the kind of job where you need to be physically there for your job and you can't just pivot to something else, it can't go to desk duty or anything like that, talk to your insurance broker about getting some form of disability insurance. It's, for most people, not a lot of money, okay? But it'll give you some form of payments above and beyond what the workers' comp system uh, pays and Anyone who worked with Dieter and worked with anything like that, you get a sense of what these kind of quasi-governmental bureaucratic organizations do with payments. Do not rely just on workers' comp. Have some form of disability insurance. So if he, this ump, had disability insurance, he would you know, call his insurance company up and they'd pay him. And if they don't pay him, he'd call us. Well, the phone number is 702-820-1234 or samandashlaw.com. Sam, thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you, Sam. I want a Bishop Sycamore shirt. So oh, if you they're on the way. Down, Ed's got one coming for They're his on son. the way, my friend. I love it. You guys, you guys are great. All right, Take have care, a great Sam. week. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. 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 Bye. So 702-820-1234, phone number for Sam and Ash Law. Coming up next, Bischoff's Briefs, taking a look at UNLV football. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Bischoff's Briefs. And that's how you scrabble. Stay tuned. In just a few minutes, we'll be giving away tickets to go out to UNLV in Iowa State in a week and a half. But... If you take a look at the AP poll in college football, you'll notice that UNLV's next two opponents are both in the top 25. Arizona State comes in at 25. Iowa State in the top 10. Iowa State has a ranked matchup with Iowa this week before they play UNLV next week. But what that means is that UNLV will play ranked teams in back-to-back games, assuming Iowa State doesn't lose by 100 and fall from the top 10 out of the top 25. The last time UNLV played back-to-back ranked teams 
was in 2010. They played Wisconsin and Utah back-to-back, lost both games by 20 and 28 points. Here's a trivia question for you, Ed. UNLV has lost 22 straight games against ranked opponents. Do you know who their last win over a ranked team was? I'm going to guess Mike Sanford at ASU. 2008, went to Arizona State and won 23-20 to in overtime. That is the last time UNLV beat a ranked team. <laughs> I don't know why, but I... <laughs> I don't think the paper sent me because they didn't think there was any chance they were winning. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I watched that one on television. I wasn't at that thing, but it was uh, it was on TV. Yeah. It was on TV. So I'm pretty sure that's why I wasn't there. What? Arizona State? Since yeah. then, 22 straight losses uh, to ranked opponents. But that is the only meeting between UNLV and Arizona State. This is a Pac-12 team. The UNLV holds the series advantage against. Now, what the problem is, is the UNLV is a 33 and a half point underdog for this game. Uh, good news on covering the spread. SP plus Bill Connolly's uh, projections. He has UNLV losing by 31.7. So they'd cover it by about two points. If that holds true, they have a 3% chance to win this game. Now, nice. Other part of Bischoff's briefs is to sort of look big picture here at UNLV because they're probably not beating Arizona State. They're probably not beating Iowa State, right? These next two weeks, they're going to get beat up on by ranked power conference teams. It's not like a few years ago when they got to play a terrible Vanderbilt team and they actually had a chance to and won the game at Vanderbilt. These are actually good power conference teams this year. If we look big picture at UNLV's schedule and basically the simple question, are they going to win a game? After week one, really good question. It makes it a lot more difficult to find a win for UNLV because you look at some of the winnable games on this schedule. Texas San Antonio is a non-conference game that they could win. They have to go on the road. Texas San Antonio beat Illinois at Illinois. Not that Illinois is great or anything. Whoa, whoa. They just beat them. They beat Nebraska. So by default, Texas San Antonio is better than Nebraska, which I don't think is that impressive. But you're talking about a UTSA team that just beat Illinois. You got a power conference win for UTSA. UNLV going on the road to play UTSA. Hard to imagine that turning into a win. Right. The second worst team going into the season in the Mountain West was Utah State. Utah State beat Washington State. They beat a power or Pac-12 team. Not that Washington State is anything special, but, but we thought Utah State might be like one in seven in the Mountain yeah. West. And they have a win over a Pac-12 team. You also had Nevada beat Cal. Not that UNLV beating Nevada was a you know realistic, hey, that's an easy or that's right. a possible win. But Nevada looks pretty good. That's a good team. And that's more than likely that, a that, loss. That cannon is going to stay blue for a little yeah. bit. But overall, oh, and you can also throw in, they lost the game. But Fresno State played really well against Oregon. Yeah, that's another team that people thought, could they beat him? If you watch the first two yeah. weeks of football and it's at Fresno, that's probably a long shot. Yeah. So there you look at the the schedule, you look ahead, right? Like the the one that maybe gives you some confidence is New Mexico beat Houston Baptist by 10. New Mexico's not supposed to be very good either. Where's the New Mexico year. game? That game is here. Okay. No, no, I lied. That game is at New Mexico. Oh. Uh it's oh. not till November 6th, though. So that's the one where, okay, they weren't that impressive in their first game of the season. You could maybe see something happening there. But otherwise, you go down this list, and it's, I mean, 
Are they going to be able to beat San Jose State? Probably not. You want me to give you a potential upset? Okay, where are we going on this After schedule? watching this team the other night, if they don't improve a lot, they'll be in it with San Diego State. That's possible. San Diego State in that first half might have played their worst football in a decade. Now, again, it's the first game. Bell's a really good back. They kind of took over in the second half. That game on a Friday, is that game Friday afternoon, like at 1 o'clock in the afternoon here? No, it's, it's like Saturday. A, oh, 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 no, the, they moved Oh, it. I thought you were talking about San no, Diego San, State, New Mexico State. Yeah, no, San Diego State. Um, no, no, it's a Friday, well, It's a, it, but it's like 8 o'clock. Okay, so it's, yeah. it's still a try game. 8.30. I would keep my eye on that one. I still think Utah State's in play. I know they won at Washington yeah. State. I don't think San Jose State's in play. I just think they're better. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, go— That quarterback, that quarterback's going to be one of the best quarterbacks they've seen all year. If you go through this, Arizona State, less than right. 3% chance to win. Iowa State, less than 3% chance. At Fresno State, maybe a 15% chance to 10 to, to 15? Win. Uh, at UTSA, 10% maybe. Yeah, I think that people think nice. that's crazy, but it's not. Utah State comes here. I still think that's the best— the most likely win on the schedule. So after they won at Washington State, what would you say? Like 55-45 Utah State? Probably. Or 50-50 or yeah. something like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's around maybe a little 50, less 50. for UNLV, but yeah, it's somewhere. Okay. It's that To me, that's probably the most likely. San Jose State comes here maybe 20%, if that. That quarterback's good. They go to Nevada, that's no. like 5%. Uh, going to New Mexico, maybe there's a 30% maybe chance there's a 30 they win that Maybe there's a 30 or 40% chance there. Hawaii comes here. That's the other weird team that scored a lot of points last week, but I don't know how good they are. Yeah, we'll see. Hawaii will probably have five different quarterbacks they use between now and that game. You know, so. it's a tough game to win a lot because they're if they're especially at one or zero wins or they're really having a tough year, to end at Air Force is hard. Yeah, so San Diego State's the second to last yeah, one, that's, and then they go to Air Force in yeah, the final that, game of the, the season. Air Force to win. If you're, if you're at that zero or one, to, to think that your kids are still in it mentally – and still like fired up, and then you have to go defend that. That's a hard. I think that's a really hard game yeah. to win. So you just go through this schedule. They're not going to be favored in any of these games, and a home game against Utah State was the most likely win, and that's a team that beat up. They would have been favored team. there unless Utah State didn't beat Washington right. State. And now that was Week One. The Utah State game is like Week Six, so right. there's still there's still plenty of time for Utah State. To go one and five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Utah State plays North Dakota this week. Okay, think that's they, a good. That's a, yeah, good, it's a, good, FCS it's a good FCS program. Team, like though, they could so. possibly lose that sure. game. Then they play at Air Force. Then they host Boise, and then they host BYU. So I'm gonna say two and three. Yeah, there's a good chance they the lose three. three in a row. Yes, but the problem is they have a bye before they play UNLV. Oh, they do. They have a bye before they come. A bye to prepare. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough if you're looking at this UNLV team and finding a single win on the schedule right now. I think they win two games. I still think they get and one. And I have absolutely no idea who they're going to yeah, beat. I still think they get one because as we talked about the entire summer, UNLV plays in the Mountain West where there are the teams in this conference aren't so good that you're just they're an automatic loss. The teams in this conference can beat themselves. They also they miss Boise. They, they miss, do miss Boise. They do miss uh, Wyoming. Wyoming. And, and that that all depends on where that game is played. Right. But like they're the Teams in the, like New Mexico, Utah State, Hawaii, like these are teams that are, they're bad enough that they could beat themselves in a game. Yes. They yeah. could have a, oh, wow, they fumbled the ball they six They turned it over times. six times. Yes, exactly. And you ju- you physically can't lose when you win the turnover right. margin six to one or something yeah. like that. Well, yeah, yeah I know. But like, <laughs> like, gotta have faith. There's teams in this conference that are bad enough that they will beat themselves. Yeah. So UNLV should win a game because of that. But if you if you sat me down and you said every single team UNLV plays is going to play their average game, 
it's hard to find a win for UNLV. It's really hard to find a win because every single team's average be, game it would be is, Utah State. is better than UNLV's average yeah. game, and most of these teams' average game is better than UNLV's good game. I think it'd be Utah State. So Because New Mexico's on the road. That makes it tougher. Yeah. Um, and I just think San Jose State's – I think they're really good. I know I know the yeah, SC score got out of the way, but that's SC. Um, I think San Jose State's good. I think you're you're looking at Utah State, potentially New Mexico, and Hawaii. Those are the three most likely to me that it would happen. That you could win. Yeah. And maybe they get one of those. Maybe they get three of those. Yeah, two. No, no. Maybe they get zero. And we're sitting at 0-12 and, and Arroyo's 0-18 after two seasons. Ooh, which so close be... to the record. <laughs> Introducing our new athletic director. Now, if you would like tickets to go watch UNLV play Iowa State, God. third game of the season for UNLV as they take on the currently ranked in the top 10 Iowa State Cyclones, we got a four-pack for you. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. We got four tickets to go watch UNLV take on Iowa State. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Um, so we had some options, obviously, with, uh, you know, with, with our roster, and we just felt that we can start them tomorrow. And, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it played out. What prompted that decision? Did something happen with Andre Jackson or anything like that? No, just kind of just a kind of a last-minute decision, just kind of talking through how we're going to navigate this game. And, uh, needing length tomorrow to win this game and using various arms. We just felt this is the best way to go. You're locked in the press box. Who's pitching tomorrow? Today, it's Mitch White against Wainwright. Got Who a good chance the there. the hell is Mitch White? Got a good chance there. He's not bad. He's a reliever. He's not bad. He's, he's been kind of the spot starter in all these bullpen games. He'll either, look, he's going to take a no-hitter into the fourth or it's going to be 6-0 after the first. There's no in-between with Mitch White. So, uh, I don't know what's happened with Price. Um, Kershaw pitched uh, a rehab assignment yesterday, gave up like two earned and like three and a third. He looked like he had run a marathon afterwards. He was on the bench. I'm like, boy, I hope it's hot there because if not, this kid's out of shape. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be Mitch White against Wainwright today. His ERA is 3-4-9. He's good. No, he's fine. He's fine. He's a whole run above the average in baseball. And, for and of the three, four, nine, I think nine runs were in one inning. So he's he's actually been pretty good. He's actually been pretty good. <laughs> How are the Dodgers surviving with a bullpen game like I don't twice know. a week? I don't know, man. It's incredible. It is. It's I, absolutely incredible. Are there no like legitimate starting pitchers on the AAA team? I think we gave those away for Scherzer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think we gave those dudes away. I I enjoy that the the Dodgers are kind of doing what the Tampa Bay Rays did, except they're doing it with a like checkbook. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we actually could also spend money, but we're gonna have an opener tomorrow. I was amazed last night. Not really amazed because I think it happened before, but when Pujols came up, how much they love him. And then he hits the home run, and they still are cheering. Where else would that happen? Like, you'd have an entire stadium giving the other guy the standing ovation for hitting a home run, and he's the visiting player. It's amazing how much they love that guy. I don't know many other players who that's happened to where you go back and you hit a home run. It's one thing if you strike out. They'll stand for you, but that can hit a home run, and the whole place was standing. It's amazing. Pujols. I hate that I hate Pujols, and I hate that he's never Why would you hate Pujols? Because he's... 
has the yes. most career home runs against the Astros yeah. of any oh. single player. But you don't hate him for like no, being no. a, you know, I, he's like I a also, great guy. I also hate him because he's never given me an actual reason to hate him besides yes, there's being no good reason. at baseball. The dude, we followed him to the American League West. <laughs> yes. He finally <laughs> left the division, and Bud Selig was like, you're going with him. <laughs> Um, Unbelievable! I like anyone who comes up to the plate and tips his cap to the uh, t- tips his helmet to the pitcher. He's like the nicest guy I in the know, world, like, and that makes me dislike him more. Like, give me a real reason to hate you, other than you just hit home runs. He also, and this is something I was noticing the other day watching the Dodgers game. That man has a top five beard. Like, he has a beard yeah. that is from the you can't beard. Hate, you tri- can't hate his beard like, either. The beard trimmer commercial yeah. looks like like that's the beard. That's the beard oh, from the commercial. I take that guy back at the back at the minimum next year. You read the LA Times; they said maybe, maybe in the last twenty years, best clubhouse guy they've ever had, which is another reason for you to hate him. Like they love right. him; those players love him. Unbelievable! What's Cody Bellinger <laughs> doing? Also, he's in center field going over four. That's what he's doing. <laughs> now that Pollock's hurt, we got to play that bum every day. Oh, Pollock got hurt. He's out. He's out five weeks with like oh, a torn. He Bellinger's tried to. He in. tried to slide into third. And he like busted some kind of ankle or leg or he did something that he's out. Oh, and Cody every, Bellinger's every, locked in. Every time uh, Dave Roberts says, "Is he?" Dave Roberts said this with Clayton Kershaw like nine months ago. It's going to be an extended two or three weeks. That guy's been out for like six months. When he said that about Pollock, like, well, this guy's not coming back to, this year. Is it Kershaw doing a rehab start? Yesterday. He gave oh. up like two earned and three. Oh. Yeah, I know. Wait, I know. do you know how many pitches he threw? No. Oh, because that's the real kid. You got to get him back to I, where he can throw like listen, 60 man, plus pitches. I thought you and Pollock went down. And even Oral Hershiser made the point. He goes, that well, brings Cody back into the lineup. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Like, Oral, and Oral, by the way, who's like the most positive guy in the world, didn't say it with a, like a really positive thing. He's like, well, that brings Corey, Corey, uh, um, Cody back in the lineup. Cody oh. Bellinger this year is hitting 162. His Good God. I know. Uh, his, I think I could hit that if you just uh, had me bunt. His OPS is 537. Oh. Um, OPS plus, which 100 oh. is the league average. Cody Bellinger's OPS plus is 46. His OPS is in the fives? Yeah. Oh, he is uh, 54% worse than the average major league hitter this year. Bat him six, Davey. Bat him six. Leading off for the Dodgers. (laughs) Cody Cody Bellinger. Bellinger.